Hello and welcome to the second Upstream podcast. I'm Prema Gurunathan, MD of Upstream. We are belatedly naming this series the Discovery Series, partly because I discovered after the first recording that it was customary to have a series name. And secondly, as we're aiming to shine a light and learn more about the innovative organisations based in Hammersmith and Fulham, Discovery seemed appropriate. As with any good podcast, we have secured a sponsor. Yay! Uh, fortunately for you, we don't have to play any cheesy music or painful ads as part of the deal. But a big thank you to Mitsui, uh, Fudo-san and Stanhope PLC for granting us use of this awesome podcast studio right on White City Place, as well as an engineer each time to ensure the recording goes smoothly. What you can do in Minecraft is what the main thing is, is about building. First, I'm building a treehouse, and I already built a skycrapper and a pool of dolphins. That was the sound of some children taking part in a coding class, and our guest today is Elizabeth Tweedale, CEO of Cypher. Cypher is a startup based in Huggletree West in White City, and it runs classes for 5 to 14-year-olds, which combine coding and creativity. Classes take place throughout London, including Fulham, both in and out of term time. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, can you tell us a bit more about Cypher, how and when you started, and what the motivation is behind the business? Of course. Cypher inspires children to learn the language of the future through creatively themed coding camps. So this could be things like fashion or architecture or nature, to name just a few. As you mentioned, we teach children starting at age five and going uh, age 12 plus. Um, we teach them a multitude of different coding languages, um, starting with Scratch and moving all the way up through JavaScript, Python, those okay. kinds of things. Um, and we do that predominantly during their school holidays. So think of it as a fun Americanized camp style where they're not just <laughs> stuck on screens the whole time, but actually interacting with the real world and discovering things using computational thinking. I started Cypher three years ago with the aim to engage as many children as possible in computational thinking. And that's the thinking that goes behind computer science, but also can be applied to many different subjects. Mm -hmm. So my main goal was to try to get people that might not necessarily be interested in computer science more engaged. So think not just those gamer geeks that are yeah. going to become computer yeah. scientists, whether we help them or not. Yeah. I can say that because that was me as a child. <laughs> but how do we engage you know, the little football player that wants to um, be a professional footballer or the fashion fashionista mm -hmm. that wants to be a fashion designer? Because actually, computer science will be a part of their everyday lives. So that was kind of my motivation behind Cypher. So let's get personal. You've already said it in a way. We've noticed the American accent. How did you end up in the UK? I moved to the UK around 11 years ago. Um, originally, my husband and I moved for architecture. My background is in computer science, uh -huh. hopefully and obviously, <laughs> um, but also I have a master's in architecture. Um, and we moved around the time of the crash in 2008. Mm. And Europe and London is a great place for architects because most of the built world actually requires input from an architect, which is not necessarily the case in the US. We have so much space there. Basically, people can design their own things or, you know, if they don't like something, tear it down and start again. Whereas with all the constraints of living in a city, it's a great place um, to be an architect in this beautiful environment. So we moved here uh, and I was a computational specialist at a lot of design firms um, such as Future Systems, Amanda Levitt Architects and Foster and Partners. Um, and we are raising our three children here as well. Okay, she's a very busy mum as well. So, um, question for you, not as a mum, but as actually as an entrepreneur. And what is the hardest thing 
um, about starting your own business. And the second part of that question, which is, what was the biggest lesson you have ever learned from mm. it? Well, I'd say that I'm a serial entrepreneur. One of my first businesses was a friendship bracelet making business where I would teach my friends how to make their own friendship bracelet and then charge them for it. <laughs> so that was quite good. That was in the third grade, <laughs> so year two. Um, and I think it's just something in my, my DNA to start businesses because it's sort of that creativity, similar to what you might experience going to architecture mm -hmm. school. Um, but what motivated me to start Cypher was just seeing the need that children have to develop these 21st century skills and that it might be something that is lacking in the educational system, although, you know, we're making strides to get there. And what's the biggest lesson you've ever learned? Uh, so the biggest lesson that I've learned in being an entrepreneur is to set up a support system because it's a lonely journey. Mm. And even if you have a co-founder or, you know, a board around you to help support you, having people that you can bounce ideas off of and that kind of keep you down to earth is the most important thing. So try not to, you know, go it alone. And that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, having a co-founder, but actually just setting up the network uh, of your personal support system. And where do you draw your um, support from in terms of, you know, is it friends? Is it people you've worked with in the past or almost in some sense? Have there been a lot of random kind of people you've just pulled in over the years? Uh, my biggest support system is my husband, who's also an entrepreneur. Most people say if you're going to be an entrepreneur, make sure that your husband or wife is in a stable job. My <laughs> husband and I don't really take that on board. We both are going at it full steam ahead and really are the biggest support for each other. So if it weren't for him, we wouldn't be able to kind of make things work, I think. bit more back to the business here, which mm -hmm. is how often are your programs and uh, what are the plans for Cypher? Because, I mean, uh, I'll say we're recording this pretty much in the third quarter of uh, 2019. Mm -hmm. And I think we've both been all been wearing winter coats as well as uh, no coats in the last week. So it's a slightly peculiar time, but we are definitely heading towards 2020. Yeah. So what are your programs? How often are your programs and what are your plans for 2020 for Cypher? Aside from our after school clubs, which we hold in schools around London, we predominantly focus on the holiday times. So those are all of the times between terms and in half terms, which in this country, we have a lot of those. So if you're a parent, you'll know what I mean. And you're very excited for schools to start uh, when, when we reach the end of those holidays. So that's our main focus. Uh, so we have October half term, December, February half term, the Easter holidays, that kind of thing. Um, and we're currently scaling throughout London and the UK, so Oxford and Cambridge mm -hmm. as well, and then we're looking at Edinburgh. And our next step is franchising in the US and the UAE, so we have that kind of underway. So it's basically trying to roll this out globally so that we can help influence as many children as possible. Now, this is, comes back as a bit more of a policy question, and mm -hmm. obviously you've got three children in school in the UK, so you might have an idea, but what do you make of the UK's national coding curriculum mm -hmm. and what would you change about it and how might it compare to what you get in the US? Mm. Well, that's a very interesting question because the UK obviously is split between the four countries and each of them actually approaches computing in a much different way. Mm -hmm. England, I'd say, is at the forefront because it has computing as a core concept of part of its national curriculum, which means children from key stage one mm -hmm. actually have to learn how to code. So that's, you know, pretty amazing. Uh, the other three countries have different aspects of um, digital literacy and that kind of thing. And what I would say is that if we could pull those four things together, that we would have a very holistic and 
amazing approach to how we should approach computer science and computational thinking within the national curriculum as a whole. Interestingly, the UK is the third country in the world to have computer science as part of its national curriculum. Mm -hmm. The US still doesn't have oh. computing as part of its national curriculum. A lot of different states have different um, pieces of mm -hmm. computer science within their state curriculums, but there's no holistic uh, approach in the US. So in a sense, we're ahead here, which is great because the UK has such an amazing educational reputation and should be at the forefront of, you know, yeah. how things are being done. So it's interesting. Now, this is a real life question. Um, I'm a parent from the analog age. I remember four channels on TV, massive PCs, screechy printers, and I did play Pac-Man. <laughs> um, I do have a five-year-old. We call him Small Child. Now, he's about to start coding at a free after-school club. Mm -hmm. And Small Child's father is a massive nerd. And he's the kind of person who made and sold computer games in Tottenham Court Road in the you know, 1980s. That's but that's I know that's a rarity. So the question is, what can untechy parents do to keep up with digital age children as they you know do very much what they will do in life, mm -hmm. and particularly also as part of the curriculum side of things? I think the most important thing for us as parents is to remember that the digital world is still scary to us, even those that are the most well-educated in this subject matter. You know, my background is in computer science, AI, I teach children every day, and it's still a scary, you know, yeah. matter. But to just get involved and not be afraid that your children will know more than you, because they will. <laughs> They're digital natives, we're not. Um, even young parents, you know, are seeing the digital world in a different way than their children. So I think that the best piece of advice that I can give to parents is to get involved with what your children are doing. If they like Minecraft, sit down and have them show you how to play Minecraft. You know, if they like YouTube, go on YouTube together and try to pick out different videos that might be educational because then the trick is if those are in their stream, then they'll come up as recommended videos in the future. So it's not just the things that they're searching for, but actually you can start to influence their recommendations as well. So I think sitting down and doing a lot of computational things or, you know, communicative things with your child is the best piece of advice I could give. Can I just ask about the children who come to your classes? Is there a sense of willingness or do you get the odd one who's just been dragged there by a very ambitious <laughs> parent? And how do you turn that around? Um, I mean, children, you know, get excited about technology. Mm -hmm. And of course, you have some of those kids that might be there because their brother or sister wanted to go. And so it's easier for the parents to put both kids in. But as soon as they start to get involved in our courses, they get really excited. I think that's one of the main exciting things about Cypher are our creative themes. So it's not just about learning how to code a drone. You might do that, but actually it's part of learning about ocean conservation and how drones are being used to find and collect plastics in the ocean. And then you'll program a drone to find and collect a piece of plastic. But it engages children in a different way than just technology per se. In our future camp, which is entrepreneur camp actually coming up, um, we will be focusing on social enterprise and how to reduce plastics. So it's about idea generation and things like that, and then using coding and technology to create your ideas and to realize those ideas. Now, we're, we're introducing the uh, rapid fire fun round. Uh, so no thinking, just answer. Okay. Um, there are only five bits to it, and it's all very fun. Um, Godfather or Star Wars? Star Wars. Haribos or hula hoops? Haribos. I thought I might have to explain one of those to you. <laughs> I've been here for long enough. I know. Children. <laughs> okay, uh, climb from a mountain or jump from a plane? Ooh, can I do both? No. 
Well, I've already climbed mountains, so I guess I'd have to jump from a plane. Okay, cool. Uh, what's for dinner tonight? That is a great question. Whatever's on Deliveroo. Okay, excellent. And would you rather cuddle a baby panda or a baby penguin? Ooh, I'd say baby panda. Right, and that's a wrap. And that's been our guest, Elizabeth from Cipher. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. And if you want to find out more about Cipher, you can go to their website, which is www.cyphercoders.com. And if you've got children, get them signed up today. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. Thank you for having me. Thank you.